0: Are you ready?
1: Oh, I am ready. Are you
0: ready? All right. Hello and welcome to a mini bubble of this podcast, my streaming bubble. I'm your host, Jen. In today's mini bubble, Eric has joined me and we're going to get all gushy and mushy talking about the most romantic episode of the year. Harley Quinn's a very problematic Valentine's Day special. Hey, Eric, and welcome back to The Bubble, and your first official mini bubble.
1: This is my first mini bubble. I'm so excited. This is going to be great.
0: (laughs) Yeah, because we did, we had like a mini rant about Shorzy during uh, Marvelous Miss Maisel, which I cut and then saved and put into the blooper bubble, episode Mm -hmm. 115. So if anyone wants to hear that, that's where you can find it. But that was kind of our unofficial mini Mm -hmm. bubble. Because I had Mm -hmm. saved it because I was like, well, there's some good stuff there. I just wasn't sure when I was going to upload it. So it worked out perfectly. And now you're back for official mini bubble. Excited. When I first started doing mini bubbles, I was like, I need to keep them under an hour. And so after doing a couple of mini bubbles with Laura and breaching that hour mark, Mm -hmm. Uh. Mini bubbles with a tolerable can now be no more than an hour and a half.
1: <laughs> okay, I feel like that's only about a, my- only about a half hour less than what you try to do your normal <laughs>
0: bubbles. So- no. and you got to figure that's cutting all the wrapping it up. The Midwest goodbye is literally like thirty to forty minutes.
1: That's true in real yeah. life
0: and on the podcast. So absolutely, that's really all. <laughs> this is cutting that shit out. <laughs>
1: that's good. And if anybody out there is wondering how the hell do you go from talking about Marvelous Mrs. Maisel to Shorzy in the same episode, don't ask. It's just something only Jen and I could really have figured out.
0: It had something to do with the mothers. And then somehow Shorzy came up and then it was all about how adorable and hilarious it was that Shorzy was like, can't believe they haven't called you guys haven't called your your parents yet. See, here we go. Here we go again.
1: See, you and I always find this way of always finding a way to bring it back to something else. Yep. And yeah, Shorzy, I think, is just one of those things we can always find a way to bring it back to somehow, some yeah. even if that's not the topic. Absolutely. But what's funny is we haven't actually done an official Shorzy episode together yet, but the mini bubble pretty much said it all. Well, I'm going to say air quotes mini bubble yeah. because it wasn't meant to be. But, well, you know,
0: and then because I did do a Shorzy mini bubble through a little mm-hmm. bit of Letter Kenny in there. Right. And that one was a while ago. I didn't look up which episode that was because I didn't think it was going to come up tonight or today. <laughs> but it's funny. Uh, there's a Shorzy mini bubble out there somewhere. I don't know what else. you can find it. But <laughs> aside from Shorzy and Letterkenny and Canadian shows, I'm wearing my Letterkenny hoodie because
1: I noticed that I
0: pretty much just live in my Letterkenny and Shorzy hoodies this winter. Mm-hmm. They're brand new, and I'm just in they cozy, and I love it. But, nice.
1: Me, I am wearing my Harley Harley Quinn Quinn. Mad Love shirt.
0: Nice. And I'm surrounded by all my Harley Quinn and Cobb Squad stuff, courtesy of Eric. So
2: thank
1: you. No, you're welcome.
0: But speaking of Harley Quinn love, uh, as some of you may know, Eric is part of my DC nerd gallery. And the last time we got all DC nerdy was back in October when we were joined by Laura and Marty to talk about all the Harley Quinns uh, from print to the latest screen versions. And that is episode 110. See, I looked that up because I knew I was going oh, to. Was it. that I was, was that
1: oct- was that really in October? <laughs> I really was. Man, that felt so long ago. Jeez.
0: So um, so, of course, we had to. Come back and talk about this very special and problematic episode. Unfortunately, Laura and Marty couldn't join us because, you know, life uh, finds a way. Uh, So, like I said, since this is just a mini bubble, there will be no wrapping it up. So no stray bubble, six degrees or what's been streaming. And we're just going to kind of fan gush about this episode. Um, So real quick, I will do a uh, synopsis spoiler warning. And what IMDB says is, Harley and Ivy are celebrating their very first Valentine's Day together. Also follows the rest of the ragtag crew and how they spend the gushiest, mushiest, most romantic day of the year. What I says about this episode is they're all going to horny jail, especially Bane.
1: Uh, yeah and as I actually like to as I refer to this episode this is known as Harley Quinn's very problematic night for Bane uh, mm-hmm. because let's face it he was the star of this episode this was <laughs> ep- a very
0: Bane and Clayface heavy episode like I would it agree was. it kind of almost felt like Harley like Harl Ivy were like secondary even though it starts with well you know kind of mm-hmm. starts with them and everything mm-hmm. and Harley trying to give Ivy, the best Valentine's yeah, ever. I know uh, all this really elaborate shit that she does, and pure Harley Quinn fashion. Yeah, but I don't know. There was just something about like the Bane plot line and the Clayface plot line that felt more A than B.
1: Well, it just took center stage i mean yeah i mean yeah harley quinn and ivy they are they there are ma- they are main protagonists in the in, in the show and even in this episode yes but come on for one episode only it did it, it, it even though it was centered around their relationship you couldn't help but be drawn to what was going on with Bane and Clayface and just everything happening their night. I mean, Clayface falling in love with his ass and serenading <laughs> with it, and oh, them Dude. locking each other in the separate bubbles so they don't do anything inappropriate. Dude,
0: what is with recent DC and like the butt stuff? Uh, not, I don't know. I like that stuff, but like the wear butts <laughs> in, in Doom Patrol and now oh, yeah, a clay sure. butt in. <laughs>
1: Okay, but I'm trying
0: to think if there was odd butt stuff in Peacemaker. (laughs) I'm just gonna uh, keep saying butt stuff.
1: <laughs> I mean, there's dick jokes. So oh yeah, plenty of dick jokes. <laughs> plenty of dick jokes. And then, like, you got Bane who meets Elizabeth, aka Betty, and she was fucking awesome. I, I mm. love I I loved their 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 relationship and just how how well those two worked off each other in this episode. I thought it was so much fun to just watch them, even though there was just a couple minutes of screen time for the two of them. Mm-hmm. That couple of minutes of Bane being like Okay, I'll just roll with this to mm-hmm. him taking her in her hand in his hand at the very end of the episode and Ivy saying, Yeah, that's not gonna end too well. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like they don't really want to think about it too much. Yeah. Um, but I think maybe the reason why Harl Ivy felt like like their storyline kind of took a bit of a backseat is because we kind of know where this is gonna go, right? Like we know mm-hmm. Harley and Ivy are in it to win it, they're ride or die. Yeah all that stuff and that they're going to work through their shenanigans and they have love. Whereas Clayface and Bane don't. So that's why I felt like maybe, maybe at least for me or us, like that's why our focus felt more centered on those two characters. Cause we already know Harley and Ivy's relationship that's been established. And just like they say at the end of the episode, Ivy's like, why the fuck are we doing this? They know this shit already. Like, I feel like that's a very perfect summation of, their storyline for this episode like we know it was just fun to watch and i enjoyed it but i think that's why there was more of a draw to bane and clayface because mm-hmm. they're single you know yeah. they they're lonely and don't really ha- and don't have anyone but want somebody so mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. And I think it worked out very well, you know with, I, and it, the, you know, I, it was definitely written and written that way intentionally, you could tell. I think the writers, the animators, the the, sh- the showrunners, basically, they wanted this episode, I think, really to focus on the the regular season sub characters. And even though it was just really Clayface and Bane, um we had we had some pop-ups of other characters throughout the episodes, you know, but I thought, you know using those two as just like the center stage of the the of the comedic aspect of the entire episode was fantastic um and you know i just love i also loved how clayface like took it so seriously like he like that he got catfished basically by somebody who was uh pretending to be j ja- uh, be jason momoa i don't remember the name of the person Jerry. that they were pl- was it Jerry? Yeah, and they were they were in and and they were in a vegan friendly coffee bar down vegan Crime coffee Alley. Shop. Yep. Yeah, down the Crime whole
0: Alley.
1: coffee is vegan. It's vegan. Coffee is vegan. <laughs> And then it turned out to be Captain Boomerang who, who was, dude, who was doing again, it. Dude, and once again, fuck great. Captain
0: Boomerang, dude, ah, fuck that guy. Fuck him. So, but fuck him, but he's so
1: good. You get like fuck him, but he's a like he's a dick. But it's like he's so. It's when he's when he's around. It's like all right, Captain Boomerang's here. I can put can put up the middle fingers.
0: Yeah. But I don't love. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I don't know. I don't I know because I. Because I just finished uh, Kaleidoscope and Jay or J Courtney uh, Jack is in it and he yeah, yeah. Co- or and he has played Captain Boomerang in the two Suicide yeah. Squad movies, yeah. and I hated him in those. Well, I hate him less in the Suicide Squad well, because the Suicide Squad because he dies, and that's fun for me. But <laughs> Jai Courtney like him. A, he Suicide. plays
1: he plays like the perfect asshole, though. That's he the does. Thing. He was such yeah. a
0: dick. Yeah, and the couple of things I've seen him. So I would have actually been really, I would have been like dumb giddy if he, if they'd gotten him to do the voice. Oh, that would have been, that would have just been kind of fun, I think.
1: But, oh man, I didn't even think about that. That should have been, I think that would have been good. I would have liked that.
0: But, um, but the, uh, cause I was going through like the, the cast list for this episode and there's yeah. like a number of folks, like, you know, we've got our usuals. Kaylee, Lake, Alan, James. Um, but then we also have Quinta Brunson as Hawk Girl and Jesse mm-hmm. or Tyler James Williams as Hawkman. And those mm-hmm. two, uh, let's see, because he's on Abbott Elementary and she's on Alan. Alem- and I think that's her show. I haven't started it yet. Um, okay. So I thought that was kind of cool that they brought in those uh, those two actors to do these voices. And I liked Mm kind of seeing these uh, just the different couples of of Gotham, just these little bits between the interviews and just like passing shots.
1: And did you understand? Did you get the reference from those interviews? Did you did, did you understand what that was paying tribute to? So those interviews, every single one of those interviews, including the kind of the opening shot to where the titles come in, was a tribute to When Harry Met Sally.
0: Oh.
1: You ever see that movie? No. So if you ever watch it ever in your life, you decide to watch a Billy Crystal and Meg Ryan movie from 1988 um, or 87, whenever it came out. In the movie, they are, there's, throughout the entire movie, there are these uh, interviews slash confessionals where it's a couple sitting on a couch with each other, speaking just directly into a camera, and all they do is they talk about how they met. And this was a direct, and this was a direct uh, recreation, homage, you know, whatever you want to call it. To those scenes from when Harry met Sally. So once you once you've seen that movie, you'll never unsee that from this shit from this episode.
0: Oh, I didn't know that. That's fun.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I probably uh,
0: never watched that movie. Yeah, you I haven't don't have watched to. it. If I haven't watched it by now, it's probably not gonna happen unless I have to do it for the pod. Um, yeah. But it's like I get the references. <laughs> well, <laughs> the 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 big ones, right? Like, right. I'll Have what she's having.
1: Oh, sure, sure, sure. But yeah, like. uh, the hawk uh, the, since you mentioned uh hawk man and hawk girl uh so there was a one of the interviews from the movie was of this old couple who kept going back and forth like that about how they met how <laughs> you know how they got married so quickly but then dc threw in their little dc corpse or he's like well it was like four thousand years ago so she didn't have a choice you yeah. know <laughs> <laughs> you know uh, but, uh, I, I, I grew up on that movie. So when I saw that, I just kind of like was all, I, I was you instantly getting, che- oh yeah, automatically. So nice. yeah, right so on. it was cool.
0: Well, I'm glad you picked up on it because I did not, I mean, like doing the couples interview confessional thing, like that's, it's done enough where it, it could be this thing. Like, it's just a thing yeah. that happens in movies and shit sometimes. So Right, but no, I'm right. glad that you picked up that it was like a direct reference uh, to that movie. So, because I did not. But I liked seeing some of these different couples of Gotham. You know, it starts off with Soup and Lois, like mm-hmm. like standard. Gotham's
1: Gotham's biggest couple. Yeah. You right. Know. That's
0: like their homecoming king and queen right there. Exactly. Uh, let's see. And then we also, like we said, the Hawks. We got Hawkman or uh, Aquaman and Woman. The cats and the bats, and then oh, and then obviously Riddler and Clocky, and then the one that kind of had me because I don't know the comics, obviously, but Zatanna and Flash floating by on a little cloud. Oh yeah, that's right.
1: Yeah, I don't know if they ever hooked up in the books. Maybe they did. I don't know. Maybe I don't know.
0: (laughs) But it's funny because we were—I was watching this with uh, Timmy last night, and when they showed that, (laughs) right away he was like. What? Like those screw <laughs> together. <laughs> so it would have been kind yeah. of fun to get maybe in a little interviewee bit with. Those two characters, but
1: and I, I love that they had Kite Man flying by with uh. Oh, I can't yes. remember his girlfriend's name now. Oh, um yeah, oh, it's escaping it. me. But I thought that was good. I'm glad that that that, that he, he got at least a couple seconds in. But you know what, my and favorite couple so
0: happy and in, in a good happy relationship. Exactly,
1: so, I like exactly. That. And I really hope that they bring Kite Man back for season four. I'd be so disappointed if they not? didn't. I know, I know. But I think my favorite couple that they interviewed. Now I could be wrong about who this was. I. I could be wrong, but I don't think I am. Was Darkside and Melania Trump?
0: Okay, that's who I thought it was as well. And okay, I'm pretty like, sure I was it was
1: the keynote speaker at the Republican National Convention. Like, <laughs> I saw her dead cold eyes from across the room, and he's it's in like,
0: love. And she like, and yeah. she asked to see my last three bank statements, like. <laughs> <laughs> So the voice of Darkseid in this was uh, Michael Ironside. Oh,
1: that is awesome.
0: So, yeah, Starship Poopers. I hate that fucking movie.
1: I've never seen it. It's a cult cult classic film, though. Um,
0: I know. But he was also in Total Recall, which is much, much better. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of cool. Like I said, they've got some uh, interesting... Uh, celebrity voices John Stamos was Itrigan the demon if I said that correctly get
1: out of here really yeah oh man that's great
0: so I did enjoy out of like the little passing couples that we see I enjoyed seeing cats and bats like Mm
1: -hmm. okay
0: so Bruce is in jail right because Mm -hmm. of the events of how season three ended (laughs) oh god I'm just replaying season three in my head right now anyways um And he gets a box of chocolates, all shaped like little bats. And then we see that woman on the roof of the GCPD. And
1: Mm -hmm. you're just like,
0: oh, my God, Mm -hmm. she cares.
1: She She does care.
0: They love each other.
1: (laughs) You know, so, so the cap woman could sometimes be, you know, give off the impression that she like she doesn't need anybody, you know, and she's uh, she's better off on her own. And in some cases, I think maybe that's true. But it is always nice to see that side of her come out because she is a good friend to Harley and Ivy to, you know, you, despite that she, yeah, she shows it a little differently, but she lo- she really does love them and she cares for Bruce and that's small, like three second moment. It's like, oh, how I nice. That was, like,
0: one of the sweetest moments between the two of them in the series so far. And you, so even, far. Saw,
1: and you uh, even saw a little smile come on Bruce's face when he yeah. opened up the box. So that was cute. <laughs>
0: like this was aside from when uh, Catwoman gave the pearls back to Bruce at the end of season four Three. Um, uh-huh. This, I think, is the nicest thing she's done for him. Well, how,
1: how, how lovely!
0: How lovely the, bat- <laughs> the cats. So, yeah, loved seeing this handful of like random coupled up characters. Some mm-hmm. of them made sense. Some of them, a couple of them, had me being like, "What?" Met <laughs> you Flash and Zatanna. I want the backstory there. Fill us in in season four, just a little bit. Just a little bit. You don't have to go deep into it. But let's see. So Harley and Ivy. (laughs) Their first Valentine's Day, and Ivy wants to just be lazy and chill and Mm low-key. And Harley Mm -hmm. is Harley. So she Harley kind of quotes agrees to do a low-key thing, but then plans this very elaborate heist. Crime thing where they had mm-hmm. to go save the recipe from Mama Macaroni's uh, ZD balls. What
1: that ZD ball? Oh my god, I want one.
0: Dude, Doesn't that way, thing sound
1: amazing?
0: The way Ivy reacted, she was just like, she's like, "Fuck my mouth or fuck my taste buds," yeah. and then like, <laughs> goddamn ding dong, delicious." <laughs> like, <laughs> I just want to say, I love, I love this Ivy. I know we've talked about it before in other DC episodes, but. This is my favorite version of Poison Ivy.
1: It's a very loose v- version of Ivy, I think. Like by that, I mean like it's a, she's not so she's not always so serious, you know. Yes, she's a very she she's very strong about her uh, with you know about her environmental convictions and things like that. Mm-hmm. But she's more relatable, I think, than she is in other versions of her. If that makes sense, like
0: mm-hmm.
1: Ivy, uh, uh, Ivy, <laughs> jeez. <laughs> We just opened up a hy got a hy here in Oregon. So maybe that's Oh, just, that's
0: uh... right. Because, yeah, it's the old Bills. And, yeah, uh, it's
1: it, yeah. it's only okay. Trust me. It's still just a damn grocery store. <laughs>
0: All they did was slap hy names on everything. Yeah. It's still Bills. Anyway. Yeah. Anyways, anyways,
1: anyways <laughs> uh, uh, you know, Ivy, I feel like this version of her is just so much more relatable than any of the other ones, like what we get from Batman, the animated series, or any other maybe animated movie she was in, or Batman Returns, whatever was, or Batman and Robin, when I think that was the one. The one um,
0: with
1: Uma I, I, yeah, the one with Uma. I really do love this version of her because she just seems, I don't know the right word to per- put it. I want to say she seems just more relaxed you know she's you know she's an environmentalist but at the same time she you feel like you can relate to her more it's like oh ivy just wants to lounge around in in her fucking pajamas and binge watch netflix all day well
0: it's because we actually see more of the person behind the villain name whereas in every other iteration she's just sexy and controls plants yes and you know environmental terrorism whatever you want to call it um <laughs> whatever she however she identifies but this one we actually see a person right uh-huh. like she's got feelings she's got convic- convictions uh she prefers to stay home and yeah like you said binge watch tv keep things low-key she's more of an introvert than an extrovert
2: mm-hmm. um,
0: we've seen in past episodes and seasons that I don't know, maybe she even gets a little, like, social anxiety because she doesn't like to go out. She doesn't like mm-hmm. people because people are destroying what she loves, and that's plant mm-hmm. and earth. So mm-hmm. I feel like, yeah, we just get so much more, and this Ivy is not only sexy, but also, like, a total fucking badass. I mm-hmm. love it. Like, when she takes it upon herself to rescue the meatball recipe, and then she uses her vines to, like kill the Lex Core CEO guy with the helicopter. and But she's also really corny because she's like, yeah, I flipped him the bird. Get it? Because Whirly Bird <laughs> is another name for a helicopter. I was like, yes. She made a pun and then she explained yes. it. It's like my favorite thing to do to people. <laughs>
1: <'cause> it's really <laughs> annoying. <laughs> oh, man. And I just, uh, I mean, one thing that actually stuck out to me when, her, when she was uh, trying to explain herself to Harley as to why she didn't want to celebrate uh valentine's day before she uh uh gave into the idea of it was uh when she said that she hates valentine's day because it's a mass genocide of of uh like thousands or millions of innocent roses or however she put it
2: yeah
1: um and it's just like oh man that like one that is such a such an ivy thing to say Mm -hmm. and i totally feel you on that (laughs) um but i thought it was great though that she once she figured out that the length that Harley went to to set everything up, you know, from the from the dinner to the fake heist to bring in the real CEO just to kill him because she knew that's what she would love. <laughs> like it, it like I love that Ivy was like, "You know what? I really appreciate this." Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah. She did. She she absolutely went along with it, but then it kind of but then it wasn't the best. And Harley, oh, being the little psycho that she is, just yeah. had to make sure it was the best because it was only great, not the best.
1: Yeah. You know, I think after we watched this episode the first time, Anastasia, I actually looked up the differences between the definitions of great versus best. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that great is actually better than best. So I have to look that up again. But best is not always the best. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, may be, I may, I may have just butchered the way it may have just butchered that. It sounded a lot better in my head. I'm sorry. But
0: but mm-hmm. no, at the same time though, like that makes sense because even in the episode, when Harley's trying to get over only having like giving uh, Ivy a great Valentine. She's like, yeah, yeah. Cause you know, the greatest, like a greatest hits album is filled with all the best songs. So to me right there tells me great is better than best. It's not mm-hmm. the bestest hits. <laughs> <laughs> it's the hits, and now that maybe it could just be a language grammar thing <laughs> <But> <laughs> speaking
1: of language grammar how amazing and funny was it to find out that Bane's biggest turnoff is poor grammar oh my god I
0: loved it so much and uh, I admit to being 100% guilty with the anyways uh yeah I feel like that's something that I just learned or relearned kind of more recently and have been trying to correct So when Bane was losing it over any anyways versus anyway, I was like, "Oh shit, he's yelling at me!" (laughs) (laughs) And then the Bane's yelling at all of us in a little way. Yeah,
1: I said Bane's yelling at all of us right there.
0: Oh, he absolutely was.
1: (laughs) Um, I was. I wrote down. I was like, "Who would have thought Bane was such a grammar Nazi?" But Mm -hmm. mm, he's, uh, you know, I, I. but I like that about him. It's something new we learned about his character. Yeah. And I think that's really fun. To, that's a really fun thing to know about him. Um, and that actually came in that that really came into play later on in the episode when Clayface had to uh pretend to be uh, uh what what was that guy's name? Um Brett Goldstein. Brett Goldstein, thank you, to try to turn off Bane. Uh <laughs> just the idea of that me me structuring that sentence right there was just really
0: odd this this episode's Um, made us say some weird stuff like uh, butt stuff a lot
1: yeah and i could probably go all over the place when i say one thing about this episode just to another because now i'm thinking about okay clayface was used as a giant brett goldstein to turn off to turn off bane but if we think in past episodes when Clayface disguises himself as a human. His teeth still look like Clayface teeth, but not in this episode. How he did challenged. he get curly
0: whites? Well, because like, didn't we talk about how that's kind of like, maybe we theorize that him changing his teeth is kind of like a next level in his abilities, in his transformation abilities. And that once he's really mastered it or is really mm-hmm. into it, he can mm-hmm. do the teeth because... Oh, I did, uh, I
1: must have forgotten that.
0: Uh, Because... Yeah, they uh at first Clayface wasn't gonna do it because he and his butt had just really just absorbed his butt
1: <laughs> right
0: on the show, making me say weird things. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> um, and so at first he wasn't gonna do the thing because he was so heartbroken. And then Ivy does some googling on Vampire Diaries, or you know her aunt or whatever posted some celebrity gossip that yeah, inspired yeah. Bane. Uh, Ian Sommaheiter that was in the Vampire Diaries and everything. Uh-huh. He was like, yes, and that was some of his best work. And so I think that's because he viewed it more as an acting challenge and accepting a uh, sure. challenge, the role of a lifetime. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's how he was able to. If we're going with the theory that we had discussed, I think, in the Harley Quinn episode. Um, yeah, that would make sense.
1: OK, OK, then I will go with that. I think that's a good point. So good for you, Clayface.
0: Good job, Clayface. You're really (laughs) you're really mastering your clayface. Artist. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so Bane, let's go back to Bane real quick before we go too far into Clayface's butt. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Ew. Um yeah, it was it was fun to kind of see Bane take a little bit more of center stage, and we get that super fun, silly Bane voice a lot, and his rage against uh, bad grammar, and eventually yeah. finding love, but not before yeah. experiencing typical male insecurity. <laughs> so, because of the things that uh, <laughs> Betty the dominatrix was saying to a client, and um, belittling dude's tiny wiener that really kind Mm -hmm. of set Bane off to go do something utterly ridiculous and get this magic potion to make his wiener large, but he didn't read the fine print. And so he was like, (laughs) do not use if on, uh the whatevers and he's yeah. like well isn't that a fuck to the face
1: <laughs> next thing you know he's about a hundred feet tall and he's eating fu- and he's humping the side of buildings now granted it's not his fault that he was humping the side of buildings i blame harley for that mm-hmm. because had she not gone to uh what was his name uh edrogen edigen sure. um yeah uh to get the to get the spell uh to you know give her uh, ivy the best orgasm of her life he would have never been affected by her pheromones so i think that in a way this is harley's fault that he's humping buildings
0: <laughs> oh absolutely she even says like well this is an unforeseen <laughs> like, consequence because <laughs> at first she wasn't going to take any response she's like what like giving you the best sex and like this is the aftermath of this is that everyone has the best conceptual sex of on valentine's day she's like this is not a this is not a bad thing. Right. Even Ivy was kind of like, shit, you're right. You're right. Right. But then and then Bane shows up and they're like, all right, now we got this is something we do have to have to deal with and remedy.
1: You know, really quick. What that reminded me of when uh, that just, just that moment when she go when she points that out to Ivy and I was just like, shit you're right it just may just kind of remind me a little bit of the suicide yes. of suicide squad you yes. know where i'm going with this oh it's, fuck, like, yeah. unless, it's like unless what you're showing off is dope as fuck and he's like fuck, Shit. that's true that's, oh, yeah. true. Fuck. that's true. <laughs> <laughs> true it just reminded me of that i just recently watched the uh, watched the suicide squad so i love that um, movie
0: yeah, I, 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 I know like I, I i don't think a lot of people know this but i really love that fucking
1: movie <laughs> She's only seen it twice so far, but, saw, but I year. have a feeling she's going to this year. <laughs> God, you should That's... keep a notebook and tally how many times you watch that within a 365 day period and just see what you come up with by the end of that year, that rolling year.
0: I think I am at twice right now. Is that right? I think so. Uh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I kind of want it because like the oldest turns 12 this year. And yeah. I, I I, and we kind of been having like little fun talks about what his first R-rated movie is going to be. Obviously, nothing overly sexual because ill, but um, coarse language and exaggerated violence is fine because <laughs> this is America. So we're pretty about sex and nudity.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: USA, mm-hmm. USA. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think but I think he would absolutely love The Suicide Squad
1: you probably would it's a very colorful movie too It so.
0: is, and it's it's funny and the violence is it's great and it's just it's not super over the top but it's just enough to kind of still be silly
1: oh i don't know gross. it's pretty it's pretty the, the violence is pretty out there like it's comical <laughs> like it's That's comical what i mean violence, is that but, it is that it yeah.
0: reaches like it it doesn't go to like Torture porn kind of levels of horror oh, movies, no, right? Oh no, it's not
1: like Saw, Hostel. Exactly, no, no. <laughs> but it
0: it stays within the world of comic books, so it can be graphic, but sure, lack the realism and still be kind of fun and funny to watch. Yeah,
1: right, that's, right, right. That's how
0: I see it. the The Suicide Squad film.
1: So. Spare your son the trouble and don't let him watch the A version. Just uh, the. It...
0: I think we have seen that one because that one's PG thirteen.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. All right yeah uh so speaking of (laughs) bane though (laughs) uh going back to bane and just like his uh him finding love and everything so just uh put you back on the scene where you know betty is uh insulting uh her um uh subs client yeah uh junk i just want to discuss something really quickly about that scene that just i loved and it just stuck out to me and just for some reason it's one of the best moments of this entire episode it's the casual conversation that bane and betty have with each other while they are dominating this man Mm -hmm. okay in sexual to sexual submission it's the casual conversation that they have about work chairs and lumbar support
0: productivity goes down and
1: and and it's just such a funny casual thing to talk about in this particular situation that they are in like Betty, you can tell this is not her first, second, third, or fourth rodeo. Mm -hmm. So to her, this is just another day on the job. But Bane is just like, like, he's starting to get into it because, you know, he's Bane. So he's whipping the guy, you know. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, yeah, like you said, it's like productivity starts to go down. It's like they offer no lumbar support on your lower back.
0: (laughs) Yes, you did the Bane voice. I, I
1: absolutely love that part of the show it's one of the best scenes just because it's a relatable scene that two co-workers could actually have with each other mm-hmm. <laughs> and this is the job that they're doing at the moment that bane wasn't even supposed to really be part of in the first place
0: <laughs> and i feel like we see these kind of scenarios in other like workplace uh series whether comedic or uh dramas but not for this workplace.
2: <laughs> so right. I and love I,
0: that they took that little bit of like normal in and added it to a slightly less quote normal, um, mainstream accepted employment. Yeah,
1: right. Don't shame sex workers. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Oldest form of also- employment. Suck it. In- I mean, yeah.
1: And it- <laughs> <laughs> If that was appropriate. <laughs> <Like
0: this.
2: laughs>
1: um, I also love that the, during that part though that uh, after like maybe like thirty seconds or some odd seconds into the conversation, the sub takes the ball gag out of his mouth. And it's just like, are you ignoring me on purpose? Because to be honest, it's not really doing anything for me. And then Betty's just like. <laughs>
0: Do about it, you little bitch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like yeah, he All was right. like, this is more annoying than it is. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's it. <laughs> and it's
0: like you know what, it is to be ignored like that. Oh <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, but that was. That I mean, was in a the in the end, he is in the end, he is paying for the services that he's expecting to receive, but this he ends true. up get back to what he wanted, so yeah. that works. <laughs>
0: he got he got his money's worth. Yeah. All right, so let's uh, touch on Clayface and his. Uh, star-crossed really? lover situation and being in love with his butt and clay butt, clay butt and never being able to touch or, or without that reabsorbing for- and all that, of that
1: forbidden love oh
0: that shit was fucking weird it was proper weird for dc for this series i don't know that it's necessarily my favorite plot point in this episode but mm-hmm. it was very much a clay scenario. I felt.
1: so I so I watched this episode before Jen did. Um, I want so I watched it the second time last night for the show, and I've watched it the first time the day that it dropped. And when I watched it, the and I saw that 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 first scene where th- him and his ass are in the alley staring at each other, I couldn't help but pause it, take a picture, and send that screenshot. To Jen, Laura, and Marty in our DC group, and just be like, without any spoilers, be like, this is what you have to look forward to in this episode. <laughs> so, even though it wasn't your favorite subplot, let me ask, did it disappoint?
0: It didn't, but it's like, and I didn't, and it's not that I hated it or anything, but out yeah. of the Bane, Clayface, and Harl Ivy, this was the third of the three. Okay. So, oh, um, okay. And you know, and that's just and that's just it. Like it it's funny, Mm -hmm. I love Alan Tudick, and he does such a great job doing both the voices. Mm -hmm. And it's like it's so perfectly like that character, right? And it's like, and and I love it for that. Um, but I just think it's kind of funny that this episode is, you know, you have Bane, so we get the dick jokes, then you got Clayface, and you got the butt jokes. And so this this episode just kind of went all in on some of that more juvenile, crass kind of humor, easy humor. Mm-hmm. As some people might want to call it or whatever. Sure, dick sure. Dick jokes and butt jokes. Um. <laughs> so that that in and of itself, I thought was kind of interesting and funny. Um, that they just kind of went a quote easy route, but a different take on dick and butt jokes. Sure, sure, okay. And so to have Clayface, first of all, to have his ass become sentient and, like, its own clay butt with its own face. I mean, that's not, a,
1: that's not unusual, though, for this show. Well, Remember,
0: you're a damn fine cop, Jim Gordon. Yes, with the hand and everything, too. But it's like, at the same time, it's just, when, when you overthink it
1: in yeah. both those yeah.
0: scenarios, How? How? <laughs>
1: That's the mystery of it all. That's the mystery of the Clayface character. We don't, you know what, we don't know how, we don't need to know how. I'm sure there might be some science behind it, but I'm better off not knowing the science. I
0: think we're better (laughs) off not knowing, and who knows what kind of explanation this series would give us compared to any other versions. So... I would love
1: to see an episode, an all Clayface episode to actually learn how in this Harley Quinn show style, of course, how did the actor who was originally before he became Clayface, how did he become Clayface in this universe? And how was he able to, you know, split apart from parts of his body and those body parts end up, you know, basically taking on a life of their own? Mm -hmm. How I would love to actually see a whole episode Mm -hmm. devoted to to that backstory yeah. you know of course with that harley quinn style comedy thrown into it oh
0: yeah and, and you know and the show has done uh episodes where it, it focuses on the other characters and harley yeah. and ivy are just more background like there's the one episode and seth rogan does a guest voice and it starts with like two dudes in a basement watching the show and yeah, overly yep, yep. nerding out and kind of being those fans um, yeah. which was utterly yeah. hilarious and very well mm-hmm. done um, so they absolutely could do a Clayface kind of backstory in that same style. Yeah, and sure, sure. Harley and Ivy in at the end of like, oh, that was a great sex-a-thon.
1: <laughs> but I think for me, I think it was, um, I, I think for you, I, I kind of have to disagree with you um, about this being like the third best uh, subplot of the show. Um, I would actually probably put this at second for myself just because i personally found it so hilarious i really did i really did enjoy this um just it, it i love the whole idea of like they had to put themselves in their own bubbles just to be able just so they wouldn't you know interact with each other again that whole forbidden love thing um they were two separate and independent ent- entities that you know They had to go their separate ways in the end, but then or they had to go their separate ways. But in the end, they ended up finding each other again. But thanks to Bane's big ass foot, they (laughs) ended up getting (laughs) mush. Weren't they like literally right about to kiss right before Bane stepped on them or something like that?
0: Well, I don't know if they were about to kiss, but they had been, you know, reunited because, yeah. uh, But Clayface, butt. You know it left and then came back and was very much yeah. they did kind of like a romeo and juliet little moment and yeah and clay face called clay butt you know and there is the moon as he stands in front of yeah, the moon yeah yeah, and, yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah you know so kind That's of right. again
0: like easy jokes but i still i still liked them and thought they were fun and funny mm-hmm. um
1: and I did but love yeah, that. Yeah, I don't part. think when they
0: he... were I don't think they were about to kiss, but they were happy that they were reunited and that they could at sure. least continue on just the two of them and then yes, they got squished together uh when Bane stepped on them like a piece of used up chewing gum.
1: And I love the fact that when he was trying to scalp the Brett Goldstein tickets, the two girls walking by was like, was our weed laced? Mm -hmm. Or whatever she said. Did somebody lace our weed? I thought that was pretty funny.
0: And then there was like another person uh, kind of watching all of it. She's just like, this is fucking weird. (laughs) (laughs) Timmy was like, I second that.
1: (laughs) In a city like Gotham to say something like that, you know, that's got to mean something. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think maybe the maybe the thing that I didn't like about Clayface and Claybutt was that many times they tried to kiss. And even Clayface is like, no, can't mix medias. And I'm like, you don't go ass to mouth. <laughs> so that's what I found icky. I didn't like. Okay, okay, fair enough. The ass to mouth. Okay. Mouth to ass. Ass yeah. mouth to mouth mouth. I'll stop now.
1: You're thinking about this way too hard. <laughs> that's okay. All right, that's we'll stop okay. There.
0: Um, Sounds good. All right, so enough overthinking, clay face and clay butt. Let's <laughs> talk about Bane and his perfectly average sized wiener. <laughs>
1: Let's talk about it. Talk all right. About.
0: I loved all the 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 animation and the appropriately placed billboards uh banners for sausage fest and um just
1: the the semi truck
0: the semi truck and then i mean even when harl ivy are doing it and the plants are coming in the vines are coming in the flowers are blooming
1: all appropriately placed oh
0: my god i loved it it was so good (laughs) just that just the animation and the approach it was it was lovely. <laughs> it was a
1: very, very well drawn episode. I mean, I know a lot like if you look look at this episode side by side with any other episode, they're all going to look the same because it is the same animation style. Mm-hmm. But I feel like as this show progresses, I actually am picking up on just different things that are going on in the background. And the animation is really getting better in this yeah. show. And I don't know what their techniques are called or anything like that. But whatever they're doing, keep doing it, man, because they're I, I'm really enjoying the visuals of this show. Like, the visuals hit just as hard as the dialogue, Absolutely. in my opinion. The,
0: the two go. It just it's a perfect mix of the animation and the writing and the voice work. It, it's just such a great series altogether. Yes. Um, but yeah, so Bane is so lonely. And hmm. his home is a pit, a literal pit.
1: Yeah, where he cuddles with a rock.
0: (laughs) So it's kind of nice that Bane gets to find love Mm -hmm. in this episode. Absolutely. Um, I love that, yeah, that there is someone, dominatrix or not, that is, like, all for Bane. She has no qualms, and I feel like that's almost like a perfect match-up. And she even says, like, you're sitting...
1: She says, Your sexual energy is something that I want to be a part of, or something like that, you know? Mm-hmm. And you're right. She's none, she is non judgmental and she likes Bane for who he is, even the massive 100 foot tall version. She's all about it, probably even more at that point, actually. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, and then even, you know, she says, Uh, after they're done dominating dudes she's like it has been a genuine pleasure watching you work so she Uh, respects him on a professional level that's great he has found someone that can accept him for all of him and i'm so happy also i loved his coffee mug in the beginning isn't we've seen that one before right is it the same Uh. one I don't coffee remember what it's will said. be your reckoning or my reckoning? Oh,
1: coffee! Oh, coffee will be my reckoning. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> I, I th- as I just now, I need to have that coffee mug as well.
1: <laughs> oh, I'm <laughs> I'm, sh- I'm sure you could go to like Redbubble or something and you could find it absolutely. <laughs> and you
0: know what else you can find on Redbubble? My merch store. <laughs> <Ooh.
1: laughs>
0: Slid it in. Just there. throwing
1: a little plug in there. <laughs> yeah.
0: All right. So yes, I so happy for Bane. Kind of sad that like he has all those insecurities that the insecurity that he had to go and do the whole like wiener potion (laughs) thing. Um, Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, he has led a very lonely, secluded. I mean, let's
1: I mean, if we're being honest and. Maybe also maybe Bane is a virgin and this is gonna be his first sex real sexual experience. And Aww, you know, I based on that? just based on what he witnessed with her, you know, uh uh getting, you know, insulting, you know, the sub's junk, you know, maybe he was like maybe he just knew his own his own size. He was like, there's no way I'll be able to do the do this woman any any favors. I got I gotta do something.
2: Yeah, that
1: didn't turn out too well for him, but still, I don't know. Just a theory, just a thought. I could be wrong. But let me ask you,
2: Uh was there
1: anything in this episode, anything that part of this episode, really, that may have let you down, disappointed you? Just something that you're like, "Eh, either I wish they wouldn't have done that, or maybe they left something out that you wish they would have included, um, or just anything that you could think of that you are like, yeah just in general
0: not really I think my only quote criticism is again not having Jai Courtney voice boomerang
2: okay all right no and
0: as that's much as I want to punch some of his characters in the face i I would have that would have made me giddy and just for his, nerd for out for his
1: for his first appearance in Harley Quinn you know I mean it I think that would have been appropriate you know it would have been a great cameo to include Jay Courtney absolutely I would agree. For me, it was the uh, uh, not including Dr. Psycho and King Shark. Um, Them not being in the episode did let me down a little bit because I would have liked to have even seen a small cameo, but that's just for me.
0: No, but I think we saw King Shark uh, in the beginning montage of random couples because there were two. It was him and I think another shark, like a woman, female shark, kind of... Doing like a, having their ghost moment, Patrick Swayze, Demi Moore, pottery ghost moment.
1: Oh, you're right. Oh, I totally forgot about that. But
0: I don't recall seeing Dr. Psycho, which would make sense because he's a misogynist.
1: Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Which for some odd reason, I feel like would make his place in the Valentine's Day episode just a little better, just because it could be, see him going...
0: This is disgusting.
1: There's just something Dr. Cycle would say. And then he gets shut down so fast. Um, Maybe
0: even have him like more of um, like, like he has no interest in romantic partnerships. So yes, he is disgusted by everything that is going on and, and just the holiday in general. I think that could have been a little interesting to have a quick scene with him and harley and you know him him doing
1: his podcast or something yeah
0: and like yeah maybe a a little bit like of an over dialogue of of his podcast kind of talking shit about valentine's day during like a a scene or something i think that could have been interesting because for harley quinn to be all in on valentine's day the mushiest gushiest day of the year and you can do corny romantic shit you have a full 24 hours to do like the corniest most romantic shit for your partner like I don't know that I would have ever pegged Harley as team Valentine's Day like that hard sure sure and I think we get a little bit more understanding for her obsession with this holiday you know because she says that you know when she was with Joker she had to one up herself every year Mm -hmm. to make it the best so it's that competition for attention and that's what she's been used that's what she's used to doing in her last relationship and so but now she's got someone that's able to reciprocate those mutual feelings without having to go so over the top so i think that could have been kind of funny to see a quick interaction with dr psycho and harley sure and their different opposing sides on the holiday sure
1: but you know we didn't, so again that could just be some fanfic right there, and yeah. that's all right. But um, the inclusion of him would have been fun. Uh, another thing, and I'm sorry, things just keep popping up and to- uh, popping yeah, no, up in no, my it's head. It's like, it's like, but another thing we haven't talked about yet is the brief cameo from Wonder Woman, and that was amazing, and I love that how Harley went there in the uh, uh armor, saying so Wonder like Woman.
0: She's like, men have taken over and they're going to teabag the sacred, you know, thing. <laughs> yeah.
1: And then she plays that 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 video from her phone from uh oh, her mother. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's her? I forget her name. The and yeah. She's like, the mascara needs you. And she was like, best $45 I ever spent. Mm-hmm. You know? And she's like, I also hope you enjoy your quinceanera. Yep. Like <laughs> I just really loved it that she went so far out of her way to find out that Ivy's that her that that her uh 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 Valentine's Day with that Ivy's Valentine's Day with her was the best that she would trick Wonder Woman into going into Themyscira thinking it was being invaded just to steal the lasso of truth. Mm-hmm. I mean, what a Harley thing to do! Oh, that was what so a Harley thing Harley. to do. You know.
0: Yep. So all right. So speaking of. Harl Ivy, circling back to Harl Ivy. Oh, actually, real quick, when Ivy, yeah. Ivy, Jesus. Ivy!
2: <laughs> I got you saying it now. <laughs> um,
0: actually, that's a lot easier to say than Harl Ivy. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, But when um, Ivy and Harley are chasing after Bane, right? And they're yes. trying to look up his turnoffs. Yes. And so. Harley's on his dating profile and she's seeing the things his likes and he likes the later seasons of The Office. And then Harley and by the end of the episode, she's like, what the fuck was even going on in that show? And that is a legitimate question because what the fuck happened to that show? See, anyways, that's another rant for another day. But anyways, anyways, nice. so Harley and Ivy, see, I'm trying not to say Ivy, and it's fucking killing me. I'm going to have an aneurysm. Are chasing Bane, going through his dating profile. And he says, you know, says that he likes the later seasons of The Office. And then Ivy says that if he liked the series finale of Dexter, she was going to be fucking done with him. And when she said that, my arms shot up in like a victory V. I was like, fuck, yes. Yeah. Ivy hated it too. So I know I'm right. I've been right all these years. Fuck that original finale. The reboot season, whatever you want to call it, uh, they made it right, but now they're right. going to do other spin-offs and I'm not entirely sure how I feel. I'm not super excited about that. Just anyway. kind of leave
1: Dexter as it was, le- le- leave it alone. They, they, they made, they, 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 they righted the wrong. Just don't. They're shooting themselves in the foot, I think. I, I think mean, so I, lo- I, I do like the idea of John Lithgow coming off and ha- coming back and having his own spinoff series a little bit. But it depends on what direction they take that in, because the Trinity Killers story was told. It's ended. It's mm-hmm. this is not a Dexter episode. I'm sorry. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but I just I love that moment so much because I have seen there's a, there's a lot more people than i Ever figured that enjoyed the original finale of Dexter. Really? Yes. Oh, okay. And there's, and a lot of those same people hated the way the reboot ended. Okay. Which I thought they, I mean, they righted their wrongs. So,
1: yeah. <laughs> but, but Ivy hated
0: the finale and I fucking love Ivy more and more, more and more and more. <laughs> so awesome. But what did you think about? Ivy's best Valentine's Day ever.
1: That was my last note that I actually took. Um, where Ivy tells her about her best Valentine's Day, and I thought it was really sweet. Mm-hmm. I really, I I really liked it because it was during a time of Ivy's life where she was at the lowest point that she's probably ever been, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean now she I think she's at the point now where she's like, Why am I even doing the supervillain thing anymore? I keep getting caught. And if you see just the imagery that of her in her cell. At Arkham, you know, her makeup is, like, run down her face. Her hair is messy as hell. She looks like she's just, I, I don't want to say a mess. It looks like she's just giving up.
2: Yeah. You know,
1: that's how she looked. And then here walks in, not Harley Quinn, but Harleen Harley Quinzel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she well, She brought her, what, a chocolate milk from the commissary? Yeah. I think she said that she stole. And they just paw. And that happened on Valentine's Day. And... I thought that was a really, really awesome way to end that episode before their before the interview that they had at the end of it, um, which also happened in when Harry met Sally. When Harry and Harry and Sally hooked up, by the way. Sorry, <laughs> spoilers. Sorry. Spoilers. No. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, I, I liked it. I really yeah. thought it was. I I thought it was. The word "perfect" isn't really the what I want to use, but it was a. I don't know.
0: It was. I I guess it was a
1: perfect ending. I don't really know what to say. I mean, I don't have a word to describe how I felt about that ending because it really it hits you in the it hits you emotionally in a way that this show can also do. You tend to forget that this show has a very very uh deep in kind of some ways hidden emotional aspect behind it behind all the comedy and play butt jokes and you know jim (laughs) gordon and everything that's going on you know know, jim gordon should have been in this episode we didn't get any jim gordon in this episode well that's disappointing okay so
0: now yes now i do have a dislike king shark and dr psycho Psycho. whatever that's okay sure one thing but Oh, <laughs> Jim Gordon! He's a damn fine cop.
1: He's a damn fine cop. <laughs>
0: Ugh. Maybe he's just in a darker place than Bane was, apparently. So
1: maybe. But anyways, just to wrap up what I was saying, I thought you know people tend to forget that there there is a really really deep emotional side to this to to this story mm-hmm. that's being told. You know, it's the, there is a story there about friendship. There's a story there about love, and there's a story there about loyalty, and yeah. this last part of the episode where it showed that brought all of those things together to show just the type of bond these how far back the bond between these two actually go so I thought it was a great great way to end that episode and it just gets me more excited for season four
0: yeah I, I couldn't agree more not a whole lot to add there uh, I thought it was like a the perfect sweet little meat cute for the two of them Meat cute mm-hmm. uh, meat cute I use in air quotes because they can always change. Like, who knows how these two have kind of, whatever. But <laughs> it it just kind of shows that maybe these two were always meant to be together. I think you know? so. I think like that... a destiny kind of thing.
1: I, I don't. I don't necessarily believe in soulmates per se, but I do believe that when two people find each other, they can find a strong enough connection to stay with each other for the rest of their lives. Not necessarily putting the soulmates title on it, though. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to work at that connection throughout your entire lives because it can be easy to lose that connection. It's harder to keep it than, to, than, to, than it is to lose it. So I think what we're getting out of this is that these two have years of history with each other and we're watching their relationship develop, you know, from basically just former inmates at Arkham Asylum, hell, even Dr. Patient, even going further back than inmates, Dr. Mm-hmm. Patient to Arkham Asylum, to you know a married couple you know yeah so I think it's great
0: yeah I loved it and you know you were saying how this show underneath all the dick and butt jokes and everything has a lot of heart and a lot of emotion and I couldn't agree more because I couldn't help but think like this show is who would have thought this show would be the one to hand out legit relationship advice right like when when Ivy's like Yeah, this might not be the best Valentine's or, you know, the best orgasm or whatever She's like, but this is the best relationship, Um, Mm -hmm. which I think is important. And then Ivy also brings to Harley's attention about the listening and the respecting of what your partner is asking, you know. Ivy wanted a chill night, a low key night at home, but Harley wanted to go out. So Ivy's like, I listened to you and what you wanted and gave that to you, kind of hoping that, yeah, Harley was going to reciprocate (laughs) appropriately and not Harley way. (laughs) But I just thought it's. I just I love when they kind of throw these sweet little moments in because, yeah, Yeah. we, we don't maybe someone I don't know it, it seems sometimes a little surprising mm-hmm. but not in like a bad way just in that like again that these are these are like fleshed out characters from what we have initially seen or how they were first introduced and this is how they've grown and this is right. how they are changing for the better and understanding being in a relationship being in healthy relationships listening and understanding boundaries and all of that stuff. And in that quick little moment of, I, I for lack of a better word, confrontation when uh, Harley kind of con- confesses everything that she's done and mm-hmm. Ivy is upset because now she's lost Mama Macaroni's, her favorite restaurant, oh, like the thing <laughs> she was macaroni. the most upset about. Didn't um, she say
1: there was like a second location somewhere?
0: Bloodhaven. <laughs>
1: Bloodhaven, yeah. <laughs> I fucking love this show. Jesus Christ. Just, like it was just so like, It's like I think they just opened up a second location in Bloodhaven. Yeah. She's <laughs> just like it's, it's like it's not the end of the world.
0: <laughs> yep. But that wasn't the point. So no, right? It like wasn't. With, it wasn't the point at all. So I loved so I love that we get these these sweet little moments that someone you know someone like harley that we've seen in past iterations and being in like one of the worst possible relationships can grow and change and be in a healthy relationship and work at it and right. work to try and be the partner that ivy that ivy loves and that she doesn't—that Harley doesn't need to do all these big, outrageous, over-the-top Harley things, you know. Yeah,
1: and you know, I think there's a lot of like, what, what, what's the term that people use? Relationship goals um, that I think people can actually get can aspire to from the from these characters, you Absolutely. know. Um Like, so in recent, like recent uh, memory, so my favorite, like. Um, television movie couples whatever you know are lately are uh well i've always been like morticia adams and gomez Mm -hmm. um now uh, making that list very very recently is frank and bill from the last of us um if you are are you caught up with the last of us yet how far into it are you
0: just a couple episodes
1: all right i'll stop there um and harley and ivy i think the the fact that you know we're seeing more character more couples uh on screen portraying relationships as real relationships and real people trying to work at their relationships is something that is really great and we haven't really got i feel like we don't get a we haven't gotten a lot of in the past but i think it's coming out more and more and more lately um Take away these toxic relationships, you know, that used to be portrayed on screen where the males would always be the ones, you know, dominating the relationship and, you know, the wife or girlfriend or whatever would be just submissive to it. It's fucking we don't need that shit anymore.
0: And speaking of toxic relationships and toxic males in relationships, we see that Joker is living in a quick um, like we don't get a sit down mm-hmm. with with uh, Joker and his right his woman. Um, but we see that they're they're doing the married couple, you know, married with mm-hmm. children the thing, subbra- like not the series, but the suburban, but life, thing. The suburban yeah. life. They're watching I saw that. on the yeah. couch, watching TV. Timmy was like, "What the fuck? Who was that? Who's Joker I- sitting with?" And I was like, mm-hmm. "Oh, you're that- three seasons behind." <laughs> they're like that's
1: a they're like they're like that that that's that's Joker's partner right there. That yep. is who. It is.
0: I was like, so- he's doing he's doing the uh, the stepdaddy thing and kind mm-hmm. of stepping into that role and living that life and what an interesting take it's for that character and i kind of like it because that obviously that takes him out of a possibility of like being uh too much of a focus or too much of a mm-hmm. uh of a character there sure, be sure. character in this like they're both and, done with each other and they right, both can right. go on and do their own and, healthy and, relationship things
1: and what i think is great so i have so I have this thing where not a lot of people – well, I'm sure a lot of people do, but some people won't agree with me on this – that I believe that people, if they put in the work, they can change. Some people say people never change. I'm the opposite. I believe people can change. They just have to – they have to see the faults in themselves in order to do that well, just and like work on else, those faults. They,
0: they have to want it. If they of don't course. want to change, ex- then no, they're ex- not going to. So exactly. it's a yes and no And question. for a lot –
1: And, you know, for some people, it's like, well, what makes a person change? How do do they revert? What if they revert back to their old ways? It's like, well, that can be avoided, you know, if they, you know, if they realize the faults in their old ways. And sometimes it does take another person to help you realize all that. And I feel like with the Joker, that's what, and oh God, I can't remember her name right now, but that's what his girlfriend and her family has done for him. And I feel like, yeah, the Joker's still the Joker. He's still maniacal. He's still evil. You know, he still wants to take over Gotham, but now in a more political way. Mm -hmm. Um, But still, he is, when it comes to that aspect of who he was, you know, just the complete just utter asshole, you know, and the way he treated Harley and just this misogynist fucking bully. I feel like he is helping guide him away from that. And that's what I'm getting from the show. Now, the character of the Joker in general, but in the DC comic books, no. That's, yeah, that's never no, going to that, happen. That's not going to happen. But in the show, I like that. I really like that they are. They started off with the Joker in that way, but now we're gradually seeing the Joker change the type of character that he is. He's still He still wants to take over Gotham, but now he wants to do it while he's also packing his kids' lunches in the morning. You know, oh, and it's like just...
0: I said, I think it's important to show that in within this series that the Joker has also moved on. And yes, so then that way Absolutely. There's no possibility of any kind of reconciliation, a back and forth will they won't, they kind of bullshit and that the series can now just focus on Harley and Ivy and their crew. Like of ask... course, of course the series had to start off with Harley and Joker, but then Harley immediately starts breaking away from that. And we see that Joker doesn't like that, but then we see everything that goes on with Joker and how he ends up in the situation that he's in and how he welcomes it and embraces it. And you're right. This is not something I want to see in any other versions of Joker, but I'm perfectly okay with it here because it takes him out of the picture of Harley's life. And that's what's important because this is her show and we get to see and watch her grow and be in this more healthy quote adult relationship
1: and we got to remember though that harley you know despite the relationship that she's in harley's still a victim so and that is the joker's doing but i think one thing that we're noticing or at least i noticed is that um from last season season before that and even once this episode she always goes back in some way to talk about when she was with the Joker. Mm-hmm. You know, in this episode, you know, when she talked about when she would celebrate Valentine's Day with him, she had to one-up him every year. Again, reverting she back to, to her herself. own. Yeah, revert that was that's what I meant. She had to one up herself every year to satisfy, basically make sure he was happy. So we're still seeing her reference him because but a lot of that has to do, I think, with the trauma that she that oh, she experienced absolutely. through him. So she's going to always compare the relationships that she has with the relationship that she, ha- that she has going forward than the relationship that she had with him. Not compare like, oh, you're better than the Joker or the Joker's better than you or you don't but do this gonna while we're going to see these that. past but...
0: behaviors repeated because that's the only relationship she's ever known. That's the only exactly. thing she's ever known how to like, show love and affection was towards a cold, uncaring psychopath. That right. did not give any shits of anything that Harley did.
1: And that's why she's striving for that, was this the best? Was mm-hmm. this the best? It's because she, that's how it was with him, mm-hmm. you know? And yeah. Sure. yeah. So, so again, it, it's underlined. It really, it, that, 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 that the, all of that is more underlined than anything. It's not a primary focus, but if you know the history of this character you know that's a bigger when she brings that up that's a bigger deal than just the three seconds that she mentions it on screen than it actually looks like like it's a big deal that she is saying when i was with the joker i always had to one-up myself every year and ivy would always always says Mm -hmm. the same thing i'm not the joker
0: Mm -hmm. you know so and i love that ivy is willing to be someone that kind of go down this path of change with Harley you know not Mm -hmm. all partners or friends are willing to do that because it's like look that's your journey and you need to take it and 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 like in the best possible way you know people can be like that but uh that just shows how much uh Ivy loves Harley and how much she cares about her and again with these quick little uh these these lines that you know, just say like, oh, well, yes, I had to one up myself years and years. There's so much weight to them, right? And it's like, Mm -hmm. like you said, when you know the history, you really truly understand how much trauma that woman went through and how much Mm -hmm. it continues to impact her behaviors now in a relationship. And that's very, I think, really important for this character, especially in this series, to see as she grows and distance herself from that past relationship and moving mm-hmm. forward. And again, it's like, yeah, you got your dick jokes, you got your butt jokes, you got your giant Bane fucking all the buildings and destroying Gotham. <laughs> Although how yeah. can you ever really tell? But, <laughs> <laughs> but then we have these like just amazing quick lines of dialogue that carries so much with it.
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: I and that's just splendid. Splendid's okay to use, right? I can use splendid. You can use.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that was so funny too. <laughs> oh, I love those. I love those little quirks about this show too. Just a little line like that, like that. Splendid. Splendid's okay, right? Yep. yep. <laughs> it's like I Oh god.
0: That. And just the delivery, like Bell's delivery, as high. I just it's. I fucking love this. I like. I know it's Harley's show, but I can't help but love Ivy so, Mm -hmm. so much in this. And again, I think it's just because it's such a fresh take on this character. It's it's just there's more to her. Yeah, absolutely. Agreed. All right. Well, I think we need to start wrapping this up because it's a minute bubble and with the guests and I have rules that I need to try to abide by. So.
1: (laughs) you and your rules My
0: quote rules we'll see um but yeah so I yeah that's gonna do it for us today I think we got it all out if not we will come back with season four when season four comes out and we will continue to go on and on and on about how amazing the show is the characters the voice work and I look forward to whatever fucking bananas shenanigans we get in season four Mm -hmm. absolutely and this was such a nice little, nice little treat, an in between holiday special, uh, mm-hmm. to kind of help satisfy us until the new season comes out. So that was really mm-hmm. nice. I loved it. Oh, and then like Ivy's little um, meta, very like kind of meta comment about watching the wide variety of scripted and non-scripted shows on HBO Max. I was like, you little shits.
1: (laughs) (laughs) They just had to sneak that in there, didn't they? Yep. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I really hope that we get, like, other holiday specials, like later on, I think they're really fun. But I don't want to like. I would love to see a Halloween special and a Christmas special. Hell, I'd love to see a Thanksgiving special with them. I think that would be a lot of fun too. So. Oh my
0: god, the crew trying to do a Thanksgiving. Dinner, yeah. Like oh a my god. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh my god. I think
1: it, <laughs> I think it would be amazing. <laughs> oh my
0: god. I don't really want to see Just a whole season of holiday specials. Just an yeah. episode ep- after episode of holiday themed shenanigans.
1: I think that's what the creator should do. If we ever have to go a full year without a season, just drop holiday specials throughout oh, yeah. the year. We'll be we'll be happy. <laughs>
0: yeah. Alright, well, Eric, thank you so much for joining me in today's mini-bubble. This has been Mm -hmm. so much fun, and I'm so glad uh, that we got a chance to sit down and go on and on and on and on and on about this special episode. So, Uh and to my lovely bubblies, just make sure you're following me on all the socials, even the ones I don't check often, because you just never know what random ass shit I might post, like on TikTok. Uh, But you can follow me on Twitter as Streaming Bubble, no my in that on Facebook and Instagram as MyStreamingBubble. If you have suggestions as to what I should stream in my bubble next, send an email to mystreamingbubble at gmail.com. Thank you all for listening and keep streaming. Bye.
1: Later everyone.